welcome to the Apex Church Podcast. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoyed today's message. Be sure to check out our website at www.apexchurch.org.uk and let us know you've been listening. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Well, thank you for joining us today. I hope you're doing well, and I really believe that God's got a word for you today. But not just for you, but for people that mean a lot to you, people who you love and who you cherish. I believe God's going to remind you of his great love, not only for you, but for those in your world as well. Maybe um, you're like Deborah and I, that we take a bit of time to try and find something to watch together on television. Maybe you search through the channels or you go through your streaming service to find something that you want to watch. But if there's someone else in the house that you want to watch it with, it can be difficult to try to come to a compromise to find something that you equally want to watch together. Now, more often than not, we end up watching different things, but there's time to time we both find a show that we want to watch together. Sometimes we have to watch the first episode until we really get into it, and there's that odd show that grabs your attention pretty early on. And in that show, when it comes to the end of the episode, it will always end on a cliffhanger. It'll stop at that moment where something dramatic happens and it makes you feel like, I just want to know what happens next. And if you're fortunate enough, if the editor has decided to, they might give you a little teaser of what is still to come. Something to let you see that it's worth tuning in next time. That's worth starting the next episode right away because there is something maybe unexpected or there's all these possibilities of what could happen. A twist or a turn. It creates tension and drama to captivate you so that you'll keep on watching. Today I want to talk on that thought of still to come. You know with God there is still so much more to come. He actually knows already what's still to come. He's got the spoiler alert. He knows what's going to happen. But I think most importantly for us here today, he knows who is still to come. See, I want to bring to you once again probably the greatest story Jesus ever told. A story that if Netflix were to make a mini-series about any of the parables, it would be this parable. It's filled with so much heartbreak and tension, so much drama, but yet restoration and joy and conflict. It's the story that we know as the parable of the lost sons. Yes, you know it so well, you know where it's going to go, you know how it's going to end, but My prayer for you today is that we would come with fresh eyes and that you would have a fresh appreciation of how great God's love is for you, what he's already done for you through the cross, but also you would begin to think like that father about who is still to come. 
think today, who's still to come home? Who's still to come to Jesus? Who's still to be welcomed back into his arms? Can I give you the trailer to this episode today? Well, the trailer begins with Jesus surrounded by people who are described as tax collectors and sinners. But also in that gathering are some religious people known as Pharisees and religious leaders. And the second group are critical of Jesus for spending time with sinners. Not only that he would spend time with them, but he would eat with them as well. Which at this point in their culture, it was very, very countercultural for someone who was religious or holy, set apart, to spend time with people that were known to be sinners. I love what Ken Bailey says here and Jesus, his comment on what Jesus was doing here. See, Jesus does not eat with sinners to celebrate their sin. He does so to celebrate his grace. You see, the religious leaders thought that Jesus was affirming their lifestyle choices but actually, he was demonstrating how great God's grace is for everyone, whether religious or viewed by society and labeled as sinners. Jesus came for everyone. He came for the tax collector. He came for the Pharisee. He came for sinners. He came for you, and he came for me. He wants everyone to know his love, his grace, his mercy, and his forgiveness. So turn with me to this great story in Luke chapter 15. We pick it up in verse 11. Jesus continued. He's already told the story of the lost sheep and the lost coin. And then he goes on and says, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between his two sons. Not long after that, the younger son together got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who had sent him to the fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, Quick, 
bring the best robe and put it on him. Put on a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard the music and the dancing. So he called out to the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied. And your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so that I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now he is found. Incredible parable Jesus tells and you've maybe heard this many times before. But it's amazing just to be reminded of the compassion and the grace that our Father in Heaven has for us. When you're watching one of these TV series, you'll notice sometimes it comes up at the beginning of an episode with a recap of the previous episode. And maybe like me, you are very tempted and often do press the button that says skip recap. You just want to get to the main action to find out the next installment in the story. But today I want to encourage you to don't skip recap. I think it's important that we remind ourselves about where God has taken us. That we need to watch the recap once again and remind ourselves that in this parable, we are the son, the first one, the lost son. Everyone at one point in your life before you came to Jesus, you were that younger son. You were the one that went away and did your own thing. You were the one that needed to be rescued. The younger one's experience is your experience. Remember, remember this. Why? Because it's important that you know the compassion that God has given to you so that you can have compassion on those that are still to come. What do we see here in the young man, this young boy, this son's experience that reminds us of what our lives were like before we came to Christ? Well, first and foremost, it's independence. The son wanted his father's wealth. He would have been entitled to a third of all that his father had. He wanted it now. He, he said to his father, I, I wish you were dead so that now I can live on what is mine and I'll do whatever I like with it. 
I've got this. I'm in control. He wanted to be independent from his father. He wanted to be in a place where he said these words, give me. I'll take it. I know what I'm doing. It's all about me. A place where we are self-sufficient. We're all about me. Self-sufficient. Self-preservation. It's all about me and ignoring our need for God. Our desire to be independent from God leads us to a distant land, far away from his plans, his desires, his purposes for our lives. We say to God, I've got this. I don't need you. I can do it. I know best. However, we see it in our own lives. We see it clearly displayed here in this prodigal son that when we are in control, when we think we can do it all, when we think we know best, the Bible says that he squandered his wealth. See, our inherent sin nature tells us that it's mine. It's all mine. I'm in control. I have all I need. Every desire is mine until it's gone and you find yourself in a point where place where you realize that all that you thought you had whether wealth resource favor position influence comfort whatever it was when it's gone you realize you're left with absolutely nothing he goes from plenty to lack because of the consequences of his own decisions, he spends all that he has on wild living. And in that moment, a famine hits the land, which wasn't his fault, but the timing wasn't great for him. Because it meant that everyone around him, they weren't in a place to help him either. So he has to make this decision to go and work for a foreign citizen, which would have been shameful for this people, and even worse, the job was to feed pigs who were unclean. No Jewish person at this time would do this. How desperate his situation was that he craved the food that there was available for the pigs, but there was no food available for him. See, this is the picture that our lives are like without Christ. We are in a hopeless position that no one can help us other than Jesus we can't help ourselves in fact we can look to all these other things thinking it's going to satisfy us and fix us or help us but the reality is the only person that can truly satisfy us is Jesus the Bible says these words that in this moment where he reaches rock bottom that no one gave him anything just picture the scene of this boy the son in that place with the pigs he sees them eating the food he's thinking i could fill my stomach with that and in that moment as he is contemplating where life has taken him to in this episode this is where the episode ends and we're all sat there watching wondering what is going to happen next? And in this next few moments, as we start the next episode, there's going to be a recap and it's going to tell us about all that's just happened. 
But I don't want you to miss the recap. See, the psalmist says this in Psalm 103. He said, Praise the Lord, my soul. Forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. See, the whole point of the recap is to remind you of what has happened so that you understand what is going on. Friend, in your life, take a moment and think about what God has done for you. Think about his love and his mercy, the forgiveness that he showed to you, that when you were at rock bottom, where you were in that moment, where you knew I need to call out to Jesus to be my savior. I know I'm a sinner. I know I need rescued. He was there. and He welcomed you into his arms. Forget not all his benefits, forgives your sins, heals your diseases, redeems your life from the pit, and he crowns you with love and compassion. That is what our Heavenly Father has done for us. Tozer said these words, Jesus Christ knows the worst about you. Nonetheless, he is the one who loves you the most. This scene that's about to happen, where we see a picture of God's love on display for each and every one of us. See, the next episode begins with this point where the son comes to his senses. It says, when he finally came to his senses, it was in this moment where he is in the pigsty and he's watching the pigs eat that he realizes, what am I doing here? And friend, as I said at the beginning, there may be people in your life, in your family, in your workplace, in your community that are still to come. And this is the moment that we've got to pray for. That they reach this point of starvation. That they realize that everything that they've tried to fill their lives with has left them dissatisfied and hungry, and they get to this point where they have a clear revelation of who Jesus is and their need for his forgiveness, that they turn to him, that they come to their senses. Come on, who is it you need to pray right now? Lord Jesus, I pray that they will come to their senses They'll no longer look to these other things, but they will see you for who you are and they'll see their need for you. Those that are still to come. Father, he looks for his son and the Bible says that when he was a long way off, a long way off, the father was looking and waiting for his son to return. He believed his son would come back. He believed that there would be a moment when he would finally come to his senses and he would return home. Even when he was in the distant land. Maybe for someone that you love dearly, they are in the distant land. Feels like they're so far away from God. But the truth is that no one's too far. No one is out with his reach. Remember, friends, salvation is a miracle for everyone. Every single time someone receives the gift of salvation, a miracle takes place. 
then they go from death to life, from being lost to found, and regardless of where they are in this world or in this state they find themselves in, they're not too far. They equally need a miracle. And let's by faith believe for those that are still to come that they are going to experience the miracle of salvation. The father looked and he saw his son coming home. Can you see by faith that loved one coming home? Those that are still to come, who are you looking for? <coughs> who are you praying for? Who are you believing for? Who are you, how is your heart filled with compassion for that you are praying and eagerly looking for and waiting for? By faith, you see them coming home. This church, the church exists for those that are still to come. In Peterhead, in Aberdeenshire, in Scotland, in Great Britain, in Europe, around the world, the church is here waiting, looking for those that are still to come. Before the boy made it back, before the son had repented, before he'd even said sorry, before he had it all together, the father ran towards his son. A radical expression of his love for his son. And when he got to him, he threw his arms around him, embraced him, and kissed him. What a scene. What a scene. That the father, who's undoubtedly his heart must have been broken when his son came and said, Give me my inheritance. And then as he'd watched his son go off into the distance, leaving him to his independence to do whatever he chose to do with his wealth, he kept on waiting for him to come back. And he must have dreamed about this day. Come on, are you dreaming about that day when one day you're going to welcome them home, that your arms are going to be around them? And before they even get a chance, they know how greatly they are loved guess this would be the next moment where the episode would stop and we'd wait for the next installment. Because this is a moment when you're in Christ, when you've received his forgiveness. This is where we want to live. In the arms of our Father, in his love, in his care, in his protection. And when we live in this place, we catch his heart for others. Our heart is filled with the compassion that he has for others. How, how is this possible? Well, let's remind ourselves about the cross. But what Jesus did upon the cross, what he accomplished in that moment. See, prior to Jesus' death on the cross, for people to be in right standing with God, everyone had to go through a process or be part of a religious system that meant that once a year a high priest went into the holiest place and made a sacrifice, made an atonement for the sin of all the people. A lamb was slain, the blood was applied, and the sins of the people were forgiven for that year. And then a year would come round again and they would go through that whole process so that they would be in right standing with God. This is actually the mindset of the older brother. See, the older brother stayed back home and he did all these things. He behaved in a certain way. He did all these. I never left. He, did, he obeyed his father. He did everything that he was supposed to do. He lived his whole life so that 
his father would approve him. But the cross tells us a different story. See, when Jesus died upon the cross, when he shed his blood, when he gave his life, when he took the punishment for our sin and paid that penalty once and for all, from that day forward, we no longer need to be so that God approves us. No, we now live in a different place. Because God's love is so great for us, because we have received his forgiveness, because he has wrapped his arms around us, because of what he has done, our only response is to live a life of worship and surrender, to live according to his will and his plan, not so that he approves us, but because he accepts us, because he welcomes us into his embrace. That's the difference that the cross made. No longer do we need to earn God's approval. No, we're, we have to live a life where we live in the acceptance of his love and forgiveness. Doesn't mean that we don't try. Doesn't mean we don't put any effort into our spiritual growth and development, but it does mean we don't try to earn it as if our good works would ever be good enough. No, it's the acknowledgement that will never be good enough, but because of his grace, his love, and his mercy, we get to now say thank you for the rest of our lives. How we choose to live our lives in a manner that honors him. See, the father and the son, the older son, they are completely different reactions here. The father is filled with love and compassion for his son, whilst the older brother, he is filled with resentment about the apparent injustice of what he has just seen, and filled also with his own self-righteousness. And Jesus is trying to help those that are gathered around him see this lesson. Those Pharisees needed to experience this radical love and forgiveness just as much as the tax collectors and the sinners. Those times when Deborah and I are watching a, a show, I'll be honest, if I'm maybe distracted and I'm scrolling through social media watching other people's lives but missing the moment of what's happening either on our TV or in the room. And the older brother was so fixated and missing the point by looking away and missing what had actually happened in this moment that the brother that was dead is now alive, was lost, is now found, and he completely missed it. But this younger son, because of the love that he had experienced from his father, is now alive, he's now found. And the father says to his servant, bring him the robe. The robe speaks of position. It speaks of righteousness. That is when we come to our father, when we come to Jesus through faith, he takes our sin, he takes our sin away. And he puts upon us his righteousness. So now we are in right standing with God. Not so that we get his approval, but because of what Jesus did there. And then we, he says, give him the ring. That speaks of a union with him, but also authority in Christ. 
Now we are no longer just ourselves. We're identifying with Jesus. Then he says, put sandals on his feet. No longer is my son going to walk barefoot like a slave. But now he's going to live like a free man. And he's going to live in my plan and my purpose. Kill the fattened calf. Because this is a time of great celebration. Enjoy. Amazing love our Father has for us. But what about those that are still to come? Father is looking out. He's looking and he's waiting for them to come. Can we join in? Can we start looking and believing and praying for that they'll have that starvation moment where they come to their senses, but by faith can we believe for them to come? Usually at the end of one of these shows, if you're fortunate, you'll get a teaser of what's happening in the next episode. And in this life, we only see in part. In this life, we only have a glimpse of eternity. But our Father in heaven not only knows what's going to happen in the next episode, not only knows what, how it's going to end, He's the one who's writing the script. We can trust Him. But friend, I've explained the cross today. And Jesus did all of this so that you would come. He gives you an invitation right now. Whosoever will may come. You can come to the Father right now, just as you are. Not working everything up perfectly until you're right or feel right. Or No, He loves you. He welcomes you just as you are. Even in the mess that you find yourself in. And you're here, you're watching me today, and you realize you need Jesus. You feel it, you sense it within yourself today. You know the mess that your life has become through your choices. Or maybe you're going through this life and everything seems rosy, everything seems perfect, but if you're being honest, you're unfulfilled. There's a dissatisfaction within you because Jesus is not your Lord. He isn't in your heart. Friend, I want to give you an opportunity right now. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord, be my Savior. Just pray this prayer really simply. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I recognize that I am a sinner. And I ask you to be my Savior. Rescue me from my sin. I turn away from my old life. I choose to follow you. I believe that you are alive. I confess you are my Lord. Make me a new person by your spirit today. Help me to follow you every day. In Jesus' name, amen.